politics, pop culture, and a whole bunch of other things that start with the letter P. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into another Mark Harvard podcast. I'm the aforementioned Mark Harvard. Hope you had a fantastic week. We've got a ton of things to talk about. But first, let me just tell you how excited I am. Because my little boy, my four-year-old, he's hitting a big milestone. I was dadding all over the place uh, this past weekend because we signed him up for Little League. Yeah, he's four, so it's going to be that that cat ball thing where the parents go out on the field and essentially herd cats for an entire game. But I'm so excited. So we 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 went out and we got him a, a a ball glove and you know some 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 glove oil and a bat and some bases and all the all the all the just different little items that you need and and I got to tell you, fielding not his forte so far. <laughs> Uh, not his thing, but he can hit a ball off a tee. My boy can do that. So maybe he's just on his road to being a, being a power hitter. I, I I don't know. But yeah, tryouts are this weekend. And then um, the season starts uh, in, a, in, a, in like a month or so. Um, actually, about, I think it's a couple of months now. But anyway, so we're so excited about that. Because, I mean, it's a, it, I mean he's been... Not a baby for a while, and he he started becoming like a real little boy. And at four, yeah, absolutely, little boy. But this is like one of those big dad moments things. Like I I texted my father, and 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 he was like, "Yes, I'll be there. Tell me when the games are." So I mean, it, I'm a it's it's gonna be awesome. And honestly, I feel like this kid, while he I mean he may not be the most skilled kid out there. I mean, I'm happy if he is, but if he's not, even it's gonna be cool to watch him out there. My boy's out there playing baseball. You know, that's that's one of those things that it's a huge dad threshold you come across. So I'm extremely happy about that. So first off, before we get too far into this, I wanted to just give you the updates on uh, different things we got going on. Of course, if you want to uh, interact with the show, if you want to leave us a voicemail, we got a phone number, 251 616 Eight. And uh, later on in the show, we're going to hear from Paul Acey. Now, let me tell you who Paul Acey is. Paul Acey is uh, currently focused on the family's uh, plugged-in division. Now, that's their, their division that reviews the movies and TV shows and talks about the Christian aspects of them. Um, he is in that division, and he also is a freelance writer. He's written uh, for for Time Magazine, Washington Post, Christianity Today, and uh, he's also uh, both at P- Plugged In uh, and and also as a secular region, religion reporter for the Gazette in Colorado Springs. He's won a lot of awards and that sort of thing. He is going to be our guest uh, later on in the podcast. He's got a new book out. It's called Beauty and the Browns, and it's about depression, which is something that a lot of people are dealing with right now. Just because of the COVID stuff, we end up, we've ended up with a lot of people that are feeling very isolated and feeling very, very uh, frustrated and anxious. So uh, I thought it was appropriate to have him on. We've got, uh, yeah, Paul Acey this week. So I'm excited about that. Uh, and more guests coming on. Uh, we've got uh, I've already, we've got somebody lined up for next week that I'm excited about. I'll give you more information on her later on in the podcast. But uh, before we get too far into that, one of the big 
news stories for this week is this woman who took some rather unorthodox hair care. <laughs> I know you, you probably, you've probably seen this story. Uh, Tessica Brown, young woman from Louisiana, she basically made one of the biggest mix-ups in history. She instead she was going to use hairspray for her hair and ended up grabbing a can of Gorilla Glue spray adhesive and just went to town with that. So obviously what you think would happen happened. And, and yeah, her hair became basically a helmet. And lots of social media videos went out about this thing. Uh, racked up a million views. People became obsessed with her predicament. And there are basically two camps with this. Did you see people chastising her? Or did they feel some sort of sympathy toward her? Because here's the thing. On one hand, yes, we can all make mistakes. We all can't. I mean, I've done stupid things. Today, I've done stupid things. <laughs> um, that doesn't mean that I'm a stupid person. No, there are other things that, that tell you that about me. But but uh, it doesn't mean that I'm inherently, you know, less educated. It just means I'm, I did something, you know, less than smart. Um, the other side of it is this is a bottle that has the name clearly written on the front of the can. So... Yeah, at a certain point, there's a humor factor. So it, it's been interesting to see how human nature has kind of taken this and run with it. Because when the story would get posted, the 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 notes and the comment sections of these websites would become like think tanks on oh, just shave it all off or mix it with this solvent and you know this sort of thing. Even Gorilla Glue itself came out after, of course, saying do not use Gorilla Glue for hair care because uh, <laughs> you know legal. Um, they started offering different sorts of of advice on how to deal with this. So, where are you on this? Were you sympathetic? Were you cynical about it? Some people have said that she just did this because she wanted to, you know, get kind of famous on social media, which I guess worked, but I don't see how you follow this up or parlay this into something else. Um... Also, apparently, there's a thing called the the Gorilla Glue Challenge now that some are saying this might have been a part of, where you Gorilla Glue things to yourself and try to get them off. Um, apparently, yeah, I don't, I don't know it's a thing. It doesn't really have the same panache as, I don't know, eating Tide Pods or eating giant, you know, spoonfuls of cinnamon. Um but apparently it actually is a thing and this is now a world where super gluing your hair to your head is not the worst career choice you can make. So there we are. She did actually get the glue out. She cut off her, her ponytail and a, a a plastic surgeon actually. Where was this? Uh, where Who was he? Where was it? Um, Beverly Hills plastic surgeon offered his services for free. To help un-gorilla glue herself. And she she took him up on it. Four hour long surgery. And her head is now blissfully glue free. And uh, she and her family are now starting a fundraiser. For uh, to just kind of take care of all the expenses involved in this. So she's gotten free of that little gorilla glue nightmare. And now basically everyone including gorilla glue themselves are saying don't do things like this on purpose it's not something that you want to experience it's painful and it stinks so 
there you go. If you're thinking about trying to get famous, this is not the way. This is absolutely not the way. So let's uh, let's try to let Gorilla Glue just be for, for doing simple things like, you know, gluing items to the wall if you need to and, and stuff like that. Maybe as a wood glue sort of thing. Um, I saw this story. Actually, I posted this over on the on the Facebook page, and I hope you got to read it. This is heartwarming. It's out of San Diego. It's tragic and heartwarming, to be honest with you. Uh, a San Diego family is mourning a pair of middle school sweethearts who were inseparable during their lives, and they passed away from COVID-19 hours apart. Man, it's Juan and Blanca Rodriguez. Um, their love story is being hailed as something right out of the movies. The two met in seventh grade, married five years later, so right out of high school. They had four kids and a lot of grandkids after that. And yeah, they retired both at 67, led a beautiful life in South San Diego until mid-January when everyone in the family suddenly got COVID-19. Family says it was a surprise because they took really a lot of precautions to stay safe. They said they quarantined. We didn't go out. We didn't even go to stores. We'd order food delivery. So just as the kids were recovering, Juan and Blanca's symptoms took a turn for the worse. And on February, they were both rushed to two different hospitals. And the family could only talk to them through Zoom. And she said they were like, Mom, we're going to be okay. We need to worry about Dad. Uh, or rather, mom's going to be okay. We need to worry about dad. That's what their daughter said. And Juan's condition continued to worsen until Sunday. The family was told to say their goodbyes. And they had the mom on a Zoom call. And she told uh, her husband that she was happy, that she'd be able to share her life with him. And she thanked him for being the love of her life. And then three hours after that call, Blanca also stopped responding to medication. And her daughter says it's as if she knew her soulmate was leaving soon. So she took her last breath at 12.30 a.m. on February the 8th. Three hours later, Juan joined his wife in death. And the kids are saying it's just an epic love story. So they went together the same day. They were the best parents. And, you know, everybody wants to kind of have that kind of, of love. That kind of of attachment to someone. And I you know I am fully I fully believe that that at a certain point you have control over something like your passing. And I've seen it. I've heard about it. Um so many people have uh you know they they've been holding on to life until that one kid can come and and say goodbye. You know, they you know they stay in the coma but they don't actually pass until that one person makes it into the room or something like that. I've seen it over and over again. It's like you can you have the strength to hang on to a certain a certain point. And I get I mean I totally get that. In fact, I you know, I haven't I haven't shared this story. I mean, I've I've shared that my 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 first wife, she passed away from cancer. But um there's a story um uh, from toward the end with with, with Marianne. She um you know she went in for a procedure, and they 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 were going to do some stuff. She at the time they were they were looking for some some uh, some information from some nodes that were on her lungs, and she never came off the respirator afterwards. Her lung she just, she just couldn't do it. She had an infection, and one thing led to another, and she went downhill pretty fast at the end. So there was a um. There was, I mean, her family was was in and out, and you know, they, a lot of people got to say goodbye. We, you know, we talked, we called her grandmother, and her grandmother got to, you know, say, you know, say, you know, say goodbye to her. Uh, she was 
unconscious at this point. We, you know, it was one of those things where it was, they had to sedate her to the point of unconsciousness so that the respirator could work for her. Um, but there was one point late one night that I think was the time when she was like, okay, now I can go. And it was, it was my, my parents actually were, were, were had, had come in and they had, they'd come in and dad took her by the hand and uh, ring down and whispered into her ear that, that I, Mark was going to be okay and that they were going to take care of him. And dad said, she squeezed my hand harder than I think he said that than, than she, she had ever squeezed his hand and then let go. And at the end, I believe at that point, that's what she was waiting for. She was wanting to make sure I was going to be okay, which I am. I'm fine now. I mean, I've got, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've remarried to an, an amazing woman. I've got an amazing child. Um, but yeah, going all the way back, I, I 100% believe that people have a little bit of, of, I guess, staying power to hold out for those last little things to those last little ends to be tied, you know? So when you see a story like this where the couple passes away within hours of each other, I think I mean I, you see the other side of that. Well, if they're gone, then I'm 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 done here. I'm out. Everyone prays for that kind of love, you know? You look for it, you uh you want to believe if you know, if you have someone in your life you want to believe that you have that, or you, that, or you spend all this time just yearning for that, that sort of attachment, that sort of of love. It's it's fantastic, man. Mm. Okay, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk about this good Samaritan who basically fed the area homeless uh, using tamale vendors. Yeah, he put his money where his mouth is, and. I guess where a bunch of other people's mouths were because they ate food. Anyway, that's coming up. But first, we're going to talk with Paul AC about depression, and th this is a, this is a cool interview. Paul AC uh, has has got a new book out, and it's about being a Christian with depression. It's called Beauty and the Browns. Uh, the story behind the, the title is cool, and we talk about some pretty interesting stuff. Um, stick around for that. That's coming up in just a few minutes. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast, y'all. Stick around. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Like to welcome a brand new sponsor to the podcast. It's Old World Lumiere Candle Company. And these guys are great. You, you know, you want your home to smell good. And sometimes that's a little harder than other times. Especially when you're like me. You got a four-year-old and a dog and two cats. And, uh, you know, your house is under constant construction. Um, but <laughs> these things are fantastic. We've got them in our home, and you should have them in yours. There are all kinds of different scents. There's fruity. There's fresh and floral. There's herbal and earthy candles. There's food and drink ones. Let me just go down this food and drink. Because, guys, these aren't your normal, you know, old lady candles you're going to find somewhere. You can get a candle that smells like bacon. Uh, apple cider donut, banana nut bread. I've got some of the bourbon-soaked raisin ones in my house, and they smell fantastic. It doesn't hurt that I love raisins, and I'm also pretty 
partial to bourbon. But still, amazing scents, and you're going to find something that you, that you like. I've got the link over on the Facebook page for Old World Lumiere Candle Company. Support them and let them know that you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. You can join me on May 4th and 5th for That Church Conference. The last year, if you're a church communicator, the last year has been trying, to say the least. <laughs> And that church conference can help out with all kinds of ideas, all different ways. You can grow God's kingdom for your church and help reach those that need to be reached. It's a two-day online event for pastors and church leaders, and it is absolutely free. So go to thatcc.com to reserve your free tickets. And here's the cool thing. Here's the, well, the extra cool thing is that I am back as a speaker for the second year in a row. I'm so excited to be back. I'm joining a, a, an incredible lineup of speakers that are way smarter than I am. These are folks like Ben Stapley, uh, folks like Matt Brown, uh, Jessica Beeler, uh, Jenny Catrone. These are the folks that are leading in church communications. They know how to help your church. So make sure to plan to be there May the 4th and 5th for this two-day online event. It's That Church Conference. Get your free tickets, thatcc.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Hey guys, we're talking with Paul Acey. Now, Paul has a new book out. He it's called Beauty in the Browns. And Paul, if you've never, if you know the name from somewhere, uh, he currently works on focus on the family's plugged in division. He reviews movies, TV shows from a Christian perspective. He's also been uh, featured in Time, The Washington Post, Christianity Today, Christian Counseling Today, and he's got a new book out called Beauty in the Browns. And it's about depression and how it affects all of us. Now, now, first off, Paul, thanks for joining us today. It's great to be on. Thank you so much, Mark. And Beauty and the Browns, where'd that title come from? You know, it actually came from a, uh, a little vignette, I guess I would call it, from, from way back in my childhood. I was in high school, and, uh, and my dad, we come from, from the San Luis Valley in Colorado, which, if you're not familiar with Colorado, is dry. It's not what you think of with Colorado. It's, it's very dry, very cold, and in the winter, it's very ugly very brown mm -hmm. everywhere we had gone down to visit my grandma and my dad for some reason wanted to go for a walk uh in the middle of february when it's just it's coldest and bleakest and so we threw on our coats we threw on our hats we we said our goodbyes because when you're walking in february in alamos you never know if you're going to come back or not so we dove into the cold and i was just walking around this grubby, bleak landscape, thinking about how desolate and ugly it looked. And my dad turns to me and he says, man, isn't this beautiful? Look at all the browns. So my huh. dad's an artist. And because of his artistic eye, he was able to look at that landscape and see the beauty in it. He was able to see the richness of the textures, the, the different variations of the shades of brown, things that I wasn't able to pick up on. And, and so that's sort of where the, the title came from, because I think depression can actually 
it is a very bleak, desolate time. Anybody who's been depressed knows it's horrible. Knows it's it's horrific. It can be really, really horrible, and even even uh, life threatening in some cases. Mm-hmm. But I've found that through my own experience with depression, I, I think that it has allowed me a, a little bit of access to a little more beauty in the world than I otherwise might not have noticed, you know, because it's such a hard thing. I can find that there's some beauty in some of that, that bleakness. And, and, and honestly, it's, it's one of the things that, that makes me, this is going to sound very strange, Mark, but it makes me in a very curious way, grateful for the way God made me, including, including mm-hmm. the depression. Yeah, yeah. Because in in that the big trick though, isn't it? Uh not letting the bad things in life blind you to the good things. And and make you miss yeah, the it, blessings. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's and it's a really difficult road to walk in in a sense because mm. you know, I, I don't want to, to minimize depression. It is really terrible. But at the same time, I think that the secret to sort of pulling yourself out and to sort of grappling with as much as you can is to concentrate on those good things is to is to push forward and i know that people who are listening right now who are in the midst of depression that may sound outlandish um and and i understand that because i've been there i've i've been to the place where you open your eyes and you wish that you hadn't where you wish that everything would just stop and so when you're in that place, nothing looks very fun. Nothing feels, nothing tastes right. Nothing gives you enjoyment. The idea of being positive through this feels totally inane. But at the same time, I'm, I'm a big believer that if you keep moving forward, if you keep trying to focus in on what's important, your friends, your family, God, um, these are things that can help you push through. You don't always feel that joy. You don't always feel that gratitude. But the act of, of, of being grateful for what you have, even if you don't feel grateful, I think that can be a huge catalyst to, to sort of moving past these really, really dark times. And that, and that answers the question of why now with this book? I mean, because everything you just said, it, it ties so well into what a lot of people are feeling right now. Yeah, yeah. I think this particular season that we're walking through with with COVID has been a tremendously hard thing for so many people. When you think about depression, it is it is inherently an isolating condition, right? I, I know when I suffer from depression, I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to isolate myself, close myself off from from everybody who I know and love as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and for for a lot of us in this time. COVID sort of sort of piggybacks with, with that depression. We are more isolated than we ever have been. We are more stressed because we can't do the things that we have always enjoyed doing. We can't go to restaurants. We can't go to movies. There are so many things that, that this, this particular time in our history prevents us from doing. And because of that, the anxiety level, the, 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 the risk of depression grows and grows and grows. I, I, I actually saw a study from, uh, from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that said 41% of us are dealing with some really serious 
mental health issues right now and, mm. and anxiety and depression are right up at the top of the list. And it's particularly hard for teens, um, which can be incredibly risky, incredibly risky. So um, it's really important in this time, honestly, as, as horrific as the COVID pandemic has been, the mental illness pandemic that has come along with it is, is just as grim. And it doesn't help that, you know, as Christians, in the Bible, we see a bunch of joy. We see a bunch of happiness and peace. It doesn't really talk much about depression in the Bible. And so we don't know what to deal with that, you know? It's it's really an interesting thing. I think one of the things that has actually given me comfort is that you do find people who suffer from what I think we would term as depression. Now, of course, there weren't any mental health experts there to make a, a clinical diagnosis. Yeah. You look at Job, you look at, you look at Elijah and his struggles when he was, when, uh, when Queen Jezebel was after him, he ran off into the desert, hid in the cave, and begged that Jesus might take his life, or begged that God might take his life. Um, there are some people who dealt with some very, very grim situations. The Psalms are filled with these these very touching, very uh, raw portrayals of justice and misery. And, and for me, honestly, the Bible gave me a little bit of comfort, because as a Christian, sometimes I think that we feel like we shouldn't be depressed. We shouldn't feel sad, because mm-hmm. we have been given the greatest truth, the greatest good news of it all, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, because because of that, we feel guilty if we don't feel that sense of good news. So diving into the Bible to read some of these accounts from from the Psalms, from from Elijah, from from other people, it it makes me realize that I'm not alone. That some of the some of the greatest figures of 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 our faith have dealt with times of deep despair and deep sadness, and and that helps me when it. It makes when the rest of, of, of our society tends to try to ignore it or tries to, to belittle it or, or you know, just, just shove it off as something that, that really shouldn't happen. That's right, because back then they weren't they, they didn't have the support that we have now. I mean, it was just right. kind of a part of life. I mean, you didn't have things like, you know, therapists and counselors or even medication. And, and you know, and that brings up to, up of that point of, you know, how do you feel about that, about Christians using medication to deal with symptoms of depression? I think sometimes it's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not used medication for my depression myself, but I would totally encourage people to go out, seek professional help, talk to a counselor, talk to a pastor, talk to talk to a therapist if you're suffering from some sign of depression, um, which can include everything from sleeplessness to changing your eating patterns. Obviously, obviously, deep sadness can be a part of it. Suicidal thoughts can be a part of it. If you are experiencing those things, go seek help. There's nothing wrong with going to seek help um, because depression, as awful as it can be, is incredibly treatable. There are studies have shown that, that, that most people can be treated really well through, through a combination of, of therapy and, and possibly medication. Um, so I, I would encourage people to go get the help that they need because it won't necessarily go, go away on its own. Absolutely. Paul, this has been great. Where can people find the book? You know, you can find it actually pretty much where <laughs> you can obviously go to Amazon. Because of course, we're on Amazon a lot these days. So it's there. Yeah. It's over at our Focus on the Family website. You can find it a lot on, 
on just any sort of online platform. It should also be in the Christian bookstores everywhere. So if you look for it, it will be out February the 9th. Wonderful. That means it will be out. means it's out now as of the recording oh, of this. Yes, it's out now. Yay. Go over to that Amazon thing you've heard the pe- your friends talk about and or, or Christian bookstores or any of those other places, wherever fine books are sold. And um, go pick up <laughs> Beauty in the Browns. It's a, it's a book that is actually just, it speaks to what a lot of people need to hear right now. So thanks so much, Paul Acey. We appreciate you coming Thank in and hanging out much. with us. Man, I tell you what, anytime. Thanks so much. All right, thanks again to Paul Acey for joining us today. Hopefully, coming up next week, I'm super excited. We've got Lauren Sisler on the show. She's a sports reporter for ESPN, for Al.com, uh, inspirational speaker. Uh, she was actually on the Rutgers gymnastics team in 06. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's going to be on to talk about uh, a documentary that just recently came out about her relationship with her parents. Her parents both passed away uh, in, in an overdose. So she's talking about that, how, trying to help people go through this this process and deal with drug addiction and that sort of that sort of situation. So that's next week on the show, so stick around for that. Be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of that. In the meantime, have a fantastic week, and I'm out! The Mark Harvard Podcast.